Thanks for tuning in. We hope this message encourages and challenges you today. Now here's Pastor Marco De Barros. Um, if you have your Bibles today, I want to encourage you to open your Bibles to our Bible reading is going to come from Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Uh, I want to talk to you today. The title of the message today is What's Your Why? Ask your neighbor, what's your why? You know, last week, last week we did some soul checkup. Uh, we, we, we took a, a spiritual instead of a physical. You guys remember that? Yeah. If you missed it, it's on a podcast. Uh, make sure you, you go and listen to it because I feel like this is another level of this checkup. It's important to understand why we do the things that we do. You got to have a why. It's the, it's the why that drives you. It's the why that compels you. It's the why that motivates you. It's the why that inspires you. And it's the why that keeps you focused when things are not going the way you want them to go. Without a clear why, you don't have a clear purpose. If your why gets foggy, then your purpose gets foggy. Right? And your, and your perspective gets foggy. So it's critical to know why do I do the things that I do. I don't want to just get up in the morning and do things without questioning why. Can you say amen? So again, it's on the podcast, which, by the way, the podcast is a great tool that we have. Uh, did you know that uh, there's, there's an average of 3,000 people that listens to the podcast every single week? So we have an audience outside of here. We get messages from people all over the nation and internationally telling us they're listening and how much God's speaking to them uh, through the podcast. And so far this year... Uh, there's been uh, an incredible amount of people who have downloaded messages. Over 106,000 messages have been downloaded from our podcast this year. So God's using that tool to minister to people where they are. So if you're listening on the podcast, I just want to give you a shout-out. Church, can you give them a shout-out? They'll listen to this tomorrow. But if you live in the area, it's better live. So come. Okay, if you live in the area... It's better live. I meet people all the time. They're like, I, I, I listen. I'm like, yeah, but it's better live. Trust me. Just come. You'll see. Come and see. Amen. Amen. Luke 19, verse 1 says this. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, a.k.a. IRS, in the region. And he had become very rich. Uh-oh. IRS, rich. You see the drama? Um, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was, he was too short to see over the crowd. I love these like, little things that the Bible gives you. Little man, Zacchaeus. <laughs> so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by and looked up at Zacchaeus and, call, and called him by name, Zacchaeus, he said, Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. It's like Jesus acknowledged that Zacchaeus wanted to be with him. And Jesus says, I'll, I'll come hang out with you. Verse 6, Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and, and, and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumble. You know how Christians gossip, right? You need to pray for Jesus. You know who Jesus is hanging out with? Something wrong with Jesus. He hanging out with that tax collector. You know that rich guy? It's funny. Some people say Jesus is only for the poor. Well, here's Jesus hanging out with the rich man. Hello. What would Jesus do? You don't know what he would do. 
You don't know. We think we know. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord, watch this, and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor. Lord, if I have cheated people on their taxes, which if you say if, it's like you did, Zacchaeus. <laughs> like you did. <laughs> if. No, no, you did. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing this if you didn't. You know what I mean? If I wronged you, I'm sorry. No, no, you did. You know when people like give you that half apology? If I said so. No, you did. You wouldn't be saying it. Hello, somebody. I'm not even preaching yet. It's all for free. That's all for free. Um, Look, he says, if I cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much, which tells you, you stole a lot. (laughs) You know, but here is video I wanted to get to today. Verse 9 and 10, Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek to seek, and save the law, those who are lost. For the son of man, son of man is the title that Jesus gave himself. In other words, I'm the son of humanity. I'm for humanity. Came to seek and save those who are lost. Can you say amen? amen. Knowing your why is powerful. It's powerful because... It's what drives you. It's what gives you the determination to keep going. Knowing your why is what keeps you steady when things are unsteady. You know, knowing your why is one of the most powerful things that could happen to any human being when you have a direct, clear focus of what you want your life to be all about. Can you say amen? The more clear your why, the more clear your purpose because life comes down to basically three things, isn't it? Your identity, your purpose, and your destiny. Yeah. Right? doesn't matter if you're atheist, Christian, Jew, Jew agnostic. Like You want identity, you want purpose, and you want destiny. Right. Indirectly and directly, we're all pursuing these things. Yeah. That's what we want in life. Right? And, 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 and the more fuzzy those things are, the less purpose we have. Right? No one sets out to have a life. That is meaningless. No one sets out to have a life that is pointless. No one sets out to have a life that is less than what they expected. No one sets out to have a failure in life. Those things happen when your why is not clear. Like, as I think about this youth ministry they're about to launch, our young people don't want to get caught up in drugs or alcohol or, or less than the reality of their life. They don't want that. The problem is when they don't have a clear why, they'll just fall for anything. So a why is very important. A why is very important. We don't want to start a youth ministry just to say we have a youth ministry. No, we want to start a youth ministry that has a purpose that is clear. To say, this is the direction that the Lord has for your life. Right? Because inside all of us, there's a, there's a yearning, there's a desire to reach our full potential. I don't care how old you are. There's, there, if you're paying attention, there's a still small voice in you that says, I am meant to do something with my life. I'm meant to accomplish things. I'm meant to, to achieve. I'm meant to succeed. It's, it's, it's a longing that we all have. And I believe it's put there by God. Right? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had a clear why. And as Christians, we want to look at his life, not just based on the cross. We want to look at his lifestyle. 
Because the, 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 the struggle sometimes with Christianity is people think Jesus just came to die. No, he came to live and die for you. Right? And so the way he lived is the way that, that we want to emulate. He, he's, he's our mentor. He's our teacher. He, he, he's the reflection of what we want to be. If he truly is the way, the truth, and the life. So I want my life to align himself with the way, the truth, and the life. Can you say amen? And so this passage illustrates clearly what his why is all about. He said it. I came to seek and save the lost. Very clear. That's his mission statement in life. Right? That's his purpose in life. And so what happens when you have a clear why, church, is that you stay in your lane. You run your race, the Bible says. You run it with perseverance. Right? You don't steer to the left or to the right. Like You stay on the straight and narrow. Like I have a clear focus on what I want my life to be all about. Right? So Jesus had this clear lane. And when you have a clear lane, what happens is you, you subtract based on your purpose. That's right. That's so good. <laughs> when you have a clear lane, listen, here's what happens. You don't try to please everyone. If you, if you look at Jesus' ministry, he didn't try to please everyone. Actually, he had, he had haters. He had to learn to smile and wave. Because he knew what his clear focus was. And some of the haters were religious people. Actually, his biggest haters were religious people, which is very interesting. Here's a man trying to seek and save the lost, and those who are supposed to seek and save the lost have a problem with the one that's seeking and saving the lost. Hello, somebody. <laughs> he didn't heal everyone? That, that would blow your mind. Here's a man that's supposed to save the world, but he didn't heal the world. But he equipped more people to go and heal the world like he knew like i can't do it all but i'm going to equip some that's going to be able to be a ripple effect to go and heal everybody like he didn't try to be everywhere that blows my mind here's the savior of the world like you should have the busiest schedule in the world but he took time to rest (laughs) he took time to be with his friends like in other words jesus knew his clear why and he knew he had a short window to do it and by when you know you have a clear why you have a short window to do it you don't do everything you do what you need to do. Right? He didn't minister to everyone. Matter of fact, he drove people away at times. Because he didn't fit the clear why or what he wanted to do. He didn't conform to anyone else's why. He was challenged to do that. The Pharisee says, why are you doing it like this? The Sadducee says, why are you doing it like this? The Essene says, why are you doing it like this? The Roman says, why are you doing it like this? And Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. A clear why keeps you on a clear path with no confusions. He spent majority of his time investing in 12 people. And one didn't pan out. Because people is an investment too. Right? He spent three years Mostly with 12 people. Here's a guy trying to save the world. You would think, wait, shouldn't your strategy be bigger, Jesus? Come on. Come on. Shouldn't you have more than 12? But he knew what he was doing with the 12. And he knew that the 12 would become 70. He knew that 70 would become 120. And he knew that 120 would become 3,000. He knew that 3,000 would become 10,000. And he knew that 10,000 would become 20,000. 
Maybe he knew that today, in 2017, that, that, that 12 has now has multiplied to 2.6 billion people who call themselves followers of Jesus all over the world. I don't know, maybe he knew what he was doing. Just maybe. But he, he blew my mind, he didn't go everywhere. He, if you look at Jesus, if you take a map, you look at Jesus' ministry, he literally hit like three or four regions. That was it. This is the savior of the world. Shouldn't he be traveling everywhere? Call to the nations. Come on. You know, whenever in doubt prophecies is, you're going to go to the nations. But what about your neighborhood, though? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> what about New Bedford, though? What about Fairhaven, though? What about Somerset? What about Taunton? What about, like, right here in your backyard? Come on. You know? And when you begin to follow Jesus closely, you see what he told his followers about his clear why. He said, first of all, number one, he said, you got to count the cost. He said, you got to understand what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Which, again, Jesus' PR does not make sense. It doesn't. It's, 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 it's upside down. You know, our PR is everybody just come. Jesus is like, are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> because, because I have a clear why, and that clear why comes with sacrifices. And you're going to have to know, like, are you all in with what we're about to do? Right? And then he says, no, you got, you got to be willing to take up your cross, which is a symbol of ministry. Like, are you willing to get a little bit of load on you, or are you here to chill? <laughs> One time a guy said to me, I just come to church to chill. I'm like, you came to the wrong church. <laughs> you know, but there's a really good bar down the street <laughs> that you can go and chill. Okay. <laughs> right? But he said, clearly, count the cost. Are you all in? Two, are you ready to take up your cross? And then, and then he says, this is the mission right here. The mission is, is twofold. First one is to love God and people. That's the two greatest commandments. Okay, forget 650 laws. Focus on two things. <laughs> okay, I love that about Jesus. Like, make it very clear. Because think about it. If you love God and people, you've kept the laws. Right? If you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you love people the way you love yourself, guess what? That's it. And then he said, now go and make more. Like us. This is Christianity in a nutshell right here. If you're wondering what this whole thing is about, what, what, what we're doing here this morning, I, I just summed it up for you. Yeah. Count the cost, take up your cross, love God and people, make disciples. That's it. That's the whole thing. I know we live in a very spiritual society, but being spiritual and being a Christian are two different things. Come on. Okay? This is Christianity. Yeah. This is what it means to follow Jesus. When you say I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, like next week people are going to get baptized, this is what you're saying. You're saying, listen, I've counted the cost. I'm taking up my cross. I'm going to love God and people, and I'm going to make more disciples. Can you say amen? Like, that's the why. Very clear. Everything else is just side dishes. But these are the main course. This is it. This is the course of Christianity. Like, I pray we make this very clear because a lot of times people come, and they don't realize the why, and then they get stuck because they didn't count the cost. They get stuck because they don't want to take up their cross. And then, and then when you start throwing it back, but it's like, wait a minute. It's pretty clear cut. This is it. This is the mission. This is the why. This is what we're trying to do. We're not into anything else but 
this why that was set up by the one who came up with the why. This is it. Now, we have many ways to do that. Like, if you go down the street, there's a church right down the street. Maybe they do it a little bit different, but I, I believe this is what they're trying to do. Yeah. And then you, you take a drive, and you go to another one, and they may have a different name. But, but, but if they're following Jesus, this is it. This is the whole point. Like, this is, this is the goal. This is the whole point. Okay? It's a very clear-cut why. We make it confusing when we add our why. Like, two whys makes... I don't know what that makes. But I do know this. This vision, if you have more than one vision, you have division. Come on. Wow. That's good. You understand? So the, the why is very clear. Right? Because he set it up that way. And so I gotta ask yourself this question today, church. What's your why? What's your why? Because we're in this soul checkup season. What's your why? Let me get more specific. Why do you come to church? I I want us to reflect on these things. Why do you come to church? Why did you get married? As a teacher of young adults, I always tell them, I hope you understand getting married is not just about having sex. <laughs> it is good morning. What's your why? Here's another one. Why are you a parent? Because we know people can have kids, but it doesn't mean you're being a parent. Right? Come on, we're doing some soul searching. Why do you give? Why do you serve? Because if you serve for the wrong reasons, you will get bitter. That's right. No one recognized me. I didn't... Why? Why do you do it? Come on. Come on. Come on. If you have a business, why do you have one? Make money is not a why. That's a what. Why do you work where you work? Because there's not another one. But why? Why did you just settle there? Now, tie all these questions together with this last one. Is your why reflecting Jesus' why? If you're a follower of Jesus, does your why reflect his why? Come on, are you tracking? This is a slow cooker this morning. It's a crock pot type of message. It's going to take some time. Start with why. There's a great book called Start With Why. It's about exploring why do some companies do better than others. And the book makes it clear that the best companies do better than others because they have a clear why. The best companies, by the way, are not the ones that make them more money. Are the ones that have a clear why. If you have a clear why, you will make money. But if you don't have a clear why, you'll make money but lose the why, and pretty soon that business will be gone. Yep. Right? The ones that have clear whys have loyal customers. Yep. Because the customers buy into your why, not so much your what. That's right. I want you to think about this for a second. What's your favorite restaurant? Think about it. Just, I'm going to make you hungry. It's early. 
Some of you already have plans. Like, I'm going to leave here. I know where I'm going. Your favorite restaurant that you go back to over and over again, indirectly you go back to that place because of their why. Because it's not so much that they have great meatloaf. They have great meatloaf and, and, and they have great customer assistance. Because if they had great meatloaf and they were jerks, you would not go back. Come on, talk to me. There's a reason why you go to your, to your favorite restaurant or, or, or your favorite auto shop or, or, your, or your favorite. We got some mechanics in the house. Like, there's a reason why we go to certain places is because you understand that outside of the bottom line, there's a clear why. Come on, are you following? See, best companies only do what drives their why. If companies do that, how much more do I need to do that with my life? Because the best companies know that less is more. Right? The best restaurants don't try to sell you everything. They sell you a few things. And they try to do it very well. So you can keep coming back. Right? But if they have a menu of a hundred things, it might be a hundred things, but not all a hundred is going to pan out. Are you following? See, it's interesting because we all admire people who have, who have a clear why. If I was to ask you what are some people you admire in life, it's because they have a clear why. Mm-hmm. Whether they're artists, musicians, or your next door neighbor, or your mentor, they have a clear why. It's what's attractive. Yeah. What's attractive is not the what, it's the why. Yeah. Right? When, when leaders try to find other leaders, you know why they do it? They don't do it for the what, they do it for the why. They want to know what ticks you, what motivates you, what inspires you. And this is why a lot of times people don't understand why is it that, that, that sometimes people appear, only hang out with people appear. It's not being snobbish. It's about perspective. That's right. But if we have a lower average mindset, we think those people are snobs. They're prideful. They're focused. Come on. Come on. Come on. When I say appear, I don't mean like you're better than anybody else. I mean like you appear, appear, yeah. appear yeah. in thought, in process. When I was in California for a church leadership conference at Pastor Rick Warren's church, Saddleback, one of my mentors, that I, he doesn't know me, but I believe he mentors me because I love his why. Right? But when I was there, people were like, you have to go to In-N-Out Burger. You must go to In-N-Out Burger. Right? If you don't know what In-N-Out Burger is, it's, 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 a, it's a fast food place that's only available in six states. And they have uh, 326 locations across six states. Right? And they're one of the most famous fast food restaurants uh, that top shelves in America, like people like Anthony Bourdain say, that's where you go if you want fast food. You go to In-N-Out. Okay? And what blew my mind when I went to In-N-Out was this, right? I, the menu blew my mind. Look at the menu, right? Look at this. That's it. This blew my mind. One of the best fast food restaurants in America only serves five things. And on the top of it, you see ordering as easy as one, two, three. You go to In-N-Out Burger, you know exactly what you're going to get. Right? And because they have a clear why, their food is amazing. And people keep going. I was blown away. When we got there, there was a line to get into this fast food place. 
And then when I tasted the burger, I'm like, now I know why. <laughs> this is amazing. So amazing, I'm, I went back the next day. Because I was like, this is so good. I got to go back. But this blew my mind so clear. Okay, If you walk in, you're like, I want ribs. You're in the wrong place. I want a double mac. You're in the wrong place. Right? Very clear. This is our why. We're going to stick to it. And they've been doing the same thing since 1948. Shouldn't they go out of business? They're actually growing. They're actually expanding and making money. In 2014, a revenue of $755 million because of a clear why. This is what we do. We're going to stick to what we do, and we're going to do it the best of our ability. And those who want this will keep coming back because if I give you a good thing, you're going to want more of it. Okay. On top of it is, here's the, here's the icing on the cake, Christian owners. On their wrappers, there's Bible verses. In California, in a very liberal state, people keep coming back. We may not like your Bible verses, but that Bible, that burger, though. You know people are so hypocrite. You know what I'm saying? We don't believe what you stand for, but I'm going to get your burger. In California, that shouldn't happen. But it happens when you have a clear why. And the customer service is one of the best. Yes. Right? You ever go to Chick-fil-A? They're starting to come this way. Christian owners yes. with a clear focus, a clear why. They're like, customer service is our number one priority. Yes. We don't open on Sunday. We don't need to make money on Sunday. Why? We have a clear why. Come on. They make so much money, they don't need Sundays to be open. <laughs> clear why. See, when you know your why, let me make it clear what I'm trying to get at church. When you know your why, number one is you know what you need to do. You know what you need to do every day. From a personal standpoint or a business standpoint or a church standpoint, you have a clear focus. You know this is my drive. This is what I'm going to get it up and do in every day. I'm going to keep tweaking it. I'm going to keep making it better until I get it right. There's nothing more powerful than a purpose. Number two, you know that less is more. Less is more. I know, we, we live, listen, you be careful with the society that always preaches one more thing. Yep. Our society tells you every day, you're not happy until you have this one more thing. Yep. You ever watch the dish soap commercial that is black and white? Wife is depressed in the kitchen because her dish that she has doesn't really clean. Her, her dish of soap is really terrible. But Mr. Clean shows up at the door and it turns to color. And all of a sudden, her, her, she's so happy, her marriage is better, her kids are behaving, all because of a dish soap. <laughs> because we live in a society that tells you you need one more thing. Yeah. Right? But when you have a clear why, you know, no, I need to subtract one more thing so I can do this thing better. So I can do this thing better. Hey, you know every Christmas people are depressed because they didn't get one more thing. And then the next Christmas, that thing is in the garage. Replacing the very thing that you thought was the thing that you needed in the first place. Like right now, some of y'all are, are tight because you, didn't, you don't have it. Whatever that it is. But when you have a clear why, you know the less is more. Yes. See, when you have a clear why, he, listen, this is so, so important. You will have the right definition of success. It's so important. 
Because success is relative to your why. Success is relative to your why. Because if it doesn't reflect your why, then is, is it really success? If you reflect someone else's why, it's not success. But your house is your house for a reason. Right? But if you're always looking at your neighbor's house, you might miss the point of why you have your house in the first place. And what it took you to get there in the first place. Your car is your car for a reason. Pinto or not, it's your car. Now, you may want another car, but first, start with the why. Because we end up doing things that we're not supposed to do to impress people we don't even like. Have a clear sense of definition of success. Not what you think someone else should think is a success. When you know your why, you know what you're going for. You know exactly what it is that you're striving for. When you know your why, listen, you become laser focused. Like you know what you're aiming at. See, he who aims at nothing, hits it every time. But when you have a bullseye, you're not going to stop until you hit that thing. Now you may have your bullseye, you hit it, God bless you. But I got a bullseye too, I need to hit and it may not look like yours. Right. And I have to be careful not to start aiming somewhere else. You have a clear laser focus. You're not all over the place. You don't just do whatever comes to mind. You don't just get up and say, what it is it? You don't go with the wind. That's right. You go with the why. Yeah. And lastly, very important, I pray you get this, you learn to say no. When you have a clear why, you don't say yes to just anything. You learn to say no. And actually, can I tell you something? You learn to say no to a lot of good things. Because they don't fit your why. You know how many good things I say no to every single week? Pastor, we have this amazing ministry opportunity. You should come. No. Thank you, though. Pastor, we should come to your church and because we have this thing. No. But pastor, don't you want to bless people? Yeah, I want to bless people. But I have a clear why of how we're going to do this thing. And I can't be doing every other thing on the face of the planet. I get invited to preach a lot of places. I say no. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it's my Moana. Watch Moana every day. I watch two movies right now every day. Sing and Moana, right? Just, that's it. You learn to say no. If you want to succeed, you got to learn to say no. Like, some of us are not hitting our bullseye because we say yes to anything. You can't be saying yes to just anything. Not every opportunity is your opportunity. Sometimes you got to pass out on a good job to get a great job. Sometimes you got to pass up on that good guy to get a godly man. I'm telling you, you got to learn to say no. Learn to say no. Don't be too hungry that you will eat anything. Don't be too desperate that you will jump into a desperate situation. 
Learn to say no. If God is your God, then he's got a clear cut place for you. I'm telling you, we would be less agitated if we just learned to trust God and say no. See, I got friends that have churches and they want to travel the world. But it's like, you keep doing that, you're forsaking the very place that God placed you. No wonder your church is hurting. Where's the shepherd? What is the point of winning the whole world but losing your soul in the process? Because why? You didn't learn to say no. I'll tell you, it's a spiritual discipline to say no. Just practice it this week. Just say no. And also, y'all, this is going to be a struggle. I would, but no, no. Just say no and leave it. Like, like if, if I can't make a meal, I'm just going to say no. Because then you start getting into weird things. You start seeing things you're not supposed to be saying anyway. You know I would, but the dog gave my homework. Yeah, you're not even in school. He's got to write a whole paragraph of why you say no. Oh, be okay with saying no. I'm telling you, learn to say no. Of course, I'm praying you say no to the things that you don't have to. Like, there's some things you need to say yes to, obviously. But when you say no, you're saying yes to something else. Clear cut thing. Blew my mind. Jesus didn't say yes to everybody. You're like, Jesus would say yeah. Like today, you hear people all the time on Facebook. If Jesus was here, he would have did this. He would have done that. I was like, I don't know about that. Because he was here. And he didn't do it. You know what I'm saying? He was here. Hello. Historically, he was here. You may not want to believe him, but he was here. Hey, you got to rewrite history to say Jesus wasn't here. But he said no to his own self. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he said no to his flesh. You know you're living for Jesus when you learn to say no to your flesh. He said, no, not my will. He's talking about his human will. He said, no, Lord, your will be done. I tell you, this is why it's important. Like, are you a follower of Jesus or are you a follower of yourself? Because you got to make that distinction. Because when Jesus says this way, it's like, okay, my flesh doesn't want to. My spirit is willing. My, my flesh is weak. I need to yield my flesh to my spirit if I want to see God's will being done in my life. Tell you, doing God's will requires a lot of self-discipline. Learn to say no to your flesh. Because we live in an instant gratification world. But you don't build anything instant. Unless it's crap. Do you ever buy fast food and try to warm it up? Mm. Hello. You try buy a fast food relationship and try to warm it up. But he's a good guy. I'm never going to let up this thing. You know why? I'm going to actually do a, I'm gonna do a series on relationships in October. There's a why. There's a why. There's a why. Why we say the way the things we say. There's a why because we've seen the fruits of good. And we've seen the fruits of mediocrity. We've seen it. Over and over again. This is not about trying to tell people what to do and not to do. We're trying to help people live a godly, fulfilled, purpose life. We've seen it. We've seen it. If we don't have fruits, then we have no reason to talk about it. 
But we've seen the fruits. We know what works. We know what doesn't work because this thing is powerful. It will align your life the right way if you yield yourself to it. Man, time flies when you're having fun. I'm having fun. You're having fun? Okay. Listen, your why determines three things. Take your notes. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm trying to teach this life. It determines how you spend your time, your treasure, and your talent. When you have a clear why, you know how you're going to spend your time. In other words, you don't just give your time to just anything. Because you know my time is limited. And I have a clear why. And that's where I'm going to spend my time. This is why I say no to a lot of things. Because if I say yes to all of it, I'm going to forsake the things that I need to focus on. Your treasure is your money. Right? What you spend your money on is what you care about. Right? And so a lot of times people say they care about things. It's like, no. You don't, according to how you spend your money, that's what you really care about. Right? Like, if you have a clear, for example, if you have a clear why that, that you, you, wanna, you want a family, you want to sustain a family, you want to you wanna have a healthy family, guess what? Your money is going to go into your family. Yeah. And your money is going to go into the future of your family. Yeah. Right? You're not just going to spend your money on just anything because you have a clear why, like, this is where we're going, and there's a reason why we're going there. Right? And then your talent is who you spend it on. Jesus didn't spend his talent on just anybody. He invested in 12 people waiting for a return. Come on, this is important. Now catch this. This is important. Invest in people that will give you a return. You know, we like to say cliche things like, there's no strings attached. That's a lie. If I'm going to spend time with you, there are strings attached. If I'm going to invest my life in you, I'm expecting a return. No parent says, yeah, I'm just raising you. No strings attached. I'm spending thousands of dollars on you. Yeah, go ahead and, and, and blow your life. Makes no sense. Jesus is expecting a return on his investments. He invests in you and says, now, I want to see a return. You don't believe me? Go read it. The parent of the talents, he says, I'll give it to you. I want a return when I come back. And the one that didn't have a return, he says, you are a wicked, lazy servant. So who you spend it on? So when people say stuff like, yeah, I just want to go to church and chill. You are a wicked, lazy servant. Come on, let's get real. There is attachment to it. I didn't get married to not have any strings attached. That's my wife. Vice versa. Wherever you work, you're expecting a return. You don't come Friday and go, no strings attached, boss. You don't have to pay me this week. You're expecting a return on your investment of 40 hours or whatever hours you're putting into it. You're expecting a return. If you're running a ministry, you're expecting a return for that ministry. You don't just sing songs just for the sake of singing them and, and, and spend all your Thursdays practicing, rehearsing, and doing it over and over again just to say, hey, guys, hey. You're expecting them to worship with you. You're expecting them to get breakthrough with you. We talk a lot of nonsense. No, we're expecting a return. This is work. You think I just show up here? I put hours into this thing. So when I say, I want to see fruits, I'm expecting a return. Don't, don't get it twisted. Oh, don't judge me. I'm not judging you. I want to see fruits. Come on. I'm expecting a return. 
Come on now. Let's talk like grown-ups. Think about it. You go on dates and you spend all that money. Ah, no strings attached. What? All that flour, all that candy. All that sweet talk. No man is not expecting a return. Come on, let's be real. You're expecting a return. It's an exchange. It's an exchange. And my why determines how I spend it. I've had people get mad at me in the, in the city. Oh, you think you, you don't do it? You don't do this? No, I'm not going to. That's not what I was called to do. That's why he has many different churches with different whys. He gave me a clear why. This is what we're going to do. And if that's not for you, guess what? There's another one right down the street. Set. That's the beauty of this thing. Listen, our church has a clear why. You saw it in the video today. That's our video. You know that, that video you watched today about the vision? That vision was written over 30 years ago. It's a clear cut why. This is what we do. And year after year, we work on it. And we tweak it. We, we, but we always go back to this is it. This is what we're trying to do. We, we want to be a new normal in this region, and we'll keep pushing that. A new normal looks, looks like this. It's like it's a new mind. It's a new heart. It's new marriages. It's new relationships. It's new youth. It's new our focus. Like, that's it. That's all we're going to keep pushing until Jesus comes or he takes us home. This is it. You know, someone's why is get rich, get rich or die trying. Us is build a church or die trying. That's it. We're just going to keep doing this. So here's our menu. We have a menu. I want to make it clear. This is it. Okay, here's the menu. Sunday experience, ministry teams, go track, cruise, serve the city. That's our menu. That's all we want to do. Now we have a few side dishes once in a while, but this is the menu. This is the main course right here. And each one has a why. I want to make it clear. Because once in a while we need to reestablish our why. Number one, Sunday experience. Our goal is to create the best environment from the, par- from the parking lot to the pulpit in order for people to experience the love of God. That's the Sunday. There's a why behind those signs. There's a why behind those cute orange vests that our parking people wear. There's a why why we have a cafe after this. There's a why why we have kids ministry. You know that we have 18 ministries operating every single Sunday. 18. 18. There's people that drive up the trailer every single week. They've been doing it for three and a half years. So don't come in here and and whine to me about things you don't know about. When people are putting their blood and sweat into this thing. Every single week. Why do we have teams? Because it's one body, many parts, working together for a greater mission. That's right. I believe inside all of us there's a desire to be part of something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. That we're just a small role in a bigger picture. Yeah. It takes everyone to do their part. Why do we have grow track? Because we don't believe in coming to church to chill. We believe in coming to church to join the mission and be part of the mission and make a difference tangibly with your hands and your feet. That's what Grow Track is all about. Right? 
crews is our small groups. We don't believe that a big church, is, you should just be a face in the crowd. You should be part of a small group where you develop friendships, where you develop community, where you develop accountability so you can become the better you you can possibly be with other yeah, people yeah. who have the same mindset as you, who are striving for the same That's things right. as you. And it's never going to be perfect as long as you're part of it. Yeah. Did you catch that? And then five is serve the city. We want to display the love of Jesus in tangible ways. Just yesterday, there was a group of Wailers Cove being Jesus to the elderly there. Shout out to all of you who came to Wailers Cove. This is what we want to do. So when you say, y'all don't do ribs, no, we don't. Y'all don't, no, we don't. This is like, it's pretty clear. This is what we do. And we're going to keep doing this. And our 30 years have been showing fruits. Every single time. People get saved. People get healed. People get restored. People get set free. People get delivered. People get blessed. People get saved. Because we have a clear menu. We don't want to deviate from that menu. Y'all don't have a Bible study in the book of Revelations. No, we don't. That's it. But you can. Because you have a Bible. I got five kids. I'm try- Listen, the more they can feed themselves, oh, man, the more it frees me. Hello, somebody. He gave you 66 books. Come on, eat. Eat. You know how much time I'm saving now that my kids are starting to get downstairs and get their own breakfast? That's the dream come true. And I'm starting to assign it out, Caden. Go get Caleb's breakfast. Talk about goals. Okay. Can't wait to get out of diapers. That's going to be a few more years. But we've got to grow. I don't expect them to stay there. I don't expect them to say, Dad, tie my shoes for the rest of their lives. Dad, put on the shower for me. No, those things, you've got to grow into your own. That's the beauty of this thing. Why do you think we don't have stuff going on every single day? It's for a reason. There's churches that have programs Monday through Saturday, but look at the fruits. It's not about more programs. It's about knowing why and sticking to the why so you can bear the fruits. Because if you're at church every day but your marriage is struggling, you're doing it wrong. Because the why is so important. I was telling, you know, I was telling some of our staff this. Listen, the reason why I set my schedule the way I do is that I, I, I don't want my kids to ever say he was the father that was never there. Because I've seen it. I went to school with a lot of pastor's kids. They were like, my dad was never there. I'd rather you talk bad about me than my kids talk bad about me. So, yeah, I didn't go to your pasta dinner, but I was hanging out with my kids. Okay. And when it's all said and done, Jesus is going to say, what would you do with the family that I gave you? Okay. What is the whole point of winning the whole world? Past is famous everywhere but the kids. No, I don't think so. I'm going to do this well. Put it, trust me, I put a lot of time into this. And we work all week. But my kids also going to have the best dad they can possibly have. You got to know your why. When you don't see me away in the scope, it's not because I was at home doing this. Big O. No, what's the point of having a big church if I have to do everything? That's not the point. 
The point is that we can mobilize everybody to do something and be part of the biggest why. Can you say amen? Listen. It's so powerful to be focused. So powerful to be driven. And you start to know what is not for you. Tell you, what a powerful life when you know, like, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. It's a powerful thing. Right? People who are hungry and want this, praise God. If that man doesn't fit you, that's the beauty. There's Burger King, there's Wendy's, there's McDonald's. This is New Life Grill. No, this is it. Now, do me a favor. Three and a half years. How many of you, by the show of hands, don't live in New Bedford? Do me a favor. Can I just want to see? look around you for a second? Look around you. Okay, we're in New Bedford, but look. How many of you guys don't live in New Bedford? Okay, which shows you this is bigger than a city. It's a region that we're trying to reach. We're trying to do more than just a city. From 30 people, we've come a long way. We've come a long way. With, with 30 people, they will tell you, maybe this row, maybe up to here. But from the beginning, we said, this is what we're going to do. We never deviated from that with 30 people. We didn't go, maybe if we change it, we'll get 50. I can guarantee you, if I changed it, we would have had 2,000. But when Jesus died, you know how many people was waiting for him? 120. Out of thousands that he healed, out of thousands that he preached to, 120 stayed true to the why. Are you getting this? I'm trying to teach you some some good stuff here. So now we've grown to the point, now we have a local office. We can do things locally. We don't have to go to Smithfield to do them anymore. Right? Because, because we had a clear why. This is what we're going to do. We're going to stay focused. We have things to do. We work all week long. People, people don't understand. Like, ministry is every day. As long as there's people, there's ministry. As long as there's people, there's hospitals. <laughs> and we're supposed to be like some type of a hospital. Right? But that's the beauty of this. And, and now, I, and now we, we have come to a place where the, the church board has decided, you know what, this, this church has gone so well. It's not a, really a campus anymore. Because you guys are pretty much operating on your own. You're doing everything you can. You're self-sustaining yourself, which is a powerful thing to say in three and a half years. Okay. And because of that, we want to make sure that we're, 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 we're coming across the right way. We feel like New Life New Bedford is too small. That's a city. We're not after a city. We're after a region. And so as of today, we're going to change that. And we're going to call ourselves this name right here. We're going to go bigger. Can you guys show? It's New Life South Coast. I just, I just want to say a couple of things real quick about this. Um, first of all, we, we came up with this logo, and, and it's a powerful thing because the harpoon is still is where we started, the city, New Orleans city. But the harpoon going up is loving God, and the harpoon coming down is loving people. That's been our heart, and that's what we're trying to do. Okay. By the way, 
People pay millions of dollars to get a logo done. We get it done in-house because we have people capable of doing it in-house. Shout out to Dave and Nate somewhere. The media team is awesome. Do they have the other one? No, no, the one that, the, the one that we did yesterday. We, we have an expanded one. Uh, but, okay, let's get that for the next service because they're, they're more special. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay. Now, sit, sit for a second. I, I'm almost done. Listen, what this means is this. We actually want to make this announcement. We thought that by September our building would be done. We wanted to... We want to surprise you as soon as you pull in to see, like, a brand-new name on the building and everything. But unfortunately, we're still in this battle with, this, with the state and the city. But we had made a commitment that in September we were going to move things. So we we're going to keep our focus because no matter where we are, we're still going to keep doing God's will in, in his mission. And so, but we have the same board. We, have, we still have the same leadership board that's been around for 30 years, which is awesome. Because there's accountability there, there's integrity there, and there's fruits there. Right? So the major change that, that internally really that's going to change is the fact that now, because we're self-sustained, we're going to have a local bookkeeper to take care of all the finances of the church. Uh, that A lot of people don't understand that church has bills just like everybody else. Just to be here, we pay for this thing. Matter of fact, in three and a half years, I asked that bookkeeper, how much money have we paid for rent? You know what she told me? $149,000 we paid in rent. Just in rent, never mind everything else. Okay, so when we say give, we're saying like give into the mission, okay? That's the point. Okay, so we're going to have a local bookkeeper now uh, that, that's going to be taking care of all the finances. We, we also have a, an outside corporation that comes and checks our finances to make sure that it's all done with integrity. It's all done the right way with character. And for 30 years, we've never had an issue, and I pray we're never going to have an issue financially because we're doing things the right way. And, uh, and so one thing that's going to change is September 3rd, which is in two weeks. I wanted to do this now so you know. If you give online or through text, that's going to change. We're going to have a different number. Okay? We're going to have a different setup, and we'll go more into that next week. But one of the things I wanted to ask you, if you're a regular giver, which, by the way, you know, we're not forcing you to give. But if you are a regular giver, if you give online, it's so much better. We're trying to go paperless. Okay? It's so much easier. To, 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 to take care of all the stuff that we need to take care of. So I'm going to encourage you, if you're not online giver yet, when we introduce it next week with the new numbers, please, it's, it's simple. Right? My wife and I do it. It comes out automatically every Friday. You don't have to worry about it. You know? But that will make her job very easy because she's, she said yes to this role, and she's never done it before, but I trust that God's going to use her. Her name is Erica Montero. I'm so thankful for her. So church, this is exciting to me because the goal is that in a few years, and I pray again, I don't know what God's going to do, but in two or three years, we're going to start having church babies, okay? In other words, we're not changing this name just to be cute. We're changing the name to say, no, we're coming after the South Coast region, and we're going to have our own campuses in the future. I already got a place burning in me. For a while. Taunton is a place that I keep thinking. We're going to put a campus at Taunton to reach people in that area. And then we're going to go down the coast. Right? Because 
Because we have a clear why. And there's people who need our type of why. Okay? And we want to make sure it's available to them where they don't have to drive an hour to go to it. Yeah. Our goal is to have churches between 20 to 30 minutes. We just announced in Smithfield that we have a Providence campus coming up in a few months. So we're focused. We're praying for people who are focused with us. People who want to be part of something bigger than themselves. That we can all look back and say, look at the legacy we left behind. That lives have been blessed. Because at the end of the day, what's the whole point? It's about people. Just trying to help one more person that can fit this. Can't help everybody. But we can help one more person. Amen. Would you stand with me? I want to pray. Guys, we can come up. I pray that this next, the last couple of weeks have been helpful for our souls. That we need to do some soul inventory once in a while. And we need to focus our lives, align ourselves with what God has for us. I believe inside all of you, there's a why. And what Jesus does is he helps you to zero in so you're not all over the place. And my prayer is that we have a church filled with people who leave this place determined to live their why throughout the week. As an accountant, as a lawyer, as a mechanic, as a doctor, whatever your calling is. You know, Paul, the man that wrote most of the Bible, you know what he, he used to be a tent maker. That's how he sustained himself. Peter, the first pastor, was a fisherman. James was a fisherman. Zacchaeus was an IRS tax collector. It shows you that God says, I want to use you exactly where you are. As long as you got to have a clear definition of why you're doing it. Amen. Would you lift your hands to the Lord? I want to pray for you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. For more information on New Life and all of our campuses, log on to www.atnewlife.org.